my life is not good. God is not done. Why? Because he causes everything to work together. For the what? For the what? Of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So if your life is not good, God's not done. So hey, keep walking by faith and recognizing that grace that God has for you. So today, what we want to do is we want to focus on uh, feasting at the table. We've set the table. We've looked, talked about radical hospitality. We have talked about coming to the table. Now, now we're at the table. Let's just feast. Let's enjoy the beautiful meal that God has prepared for us. And so this week, what's going to happen is that all over the world, families will gather together and celebrate Thanksgiving. And in celebrating Thanksgiving, what they're going to be doing is showing their gratitude that they have toward one another. And uh, it's a real wonderful time of the year. Almost always during Thanksgiving, there's very little negativity, but there's, uh, there's more gratitude than uh, any uh, time. It's even more gratitude at Thanksgiving than at Christmas. Why? It's because at Christmas, you don't get what you want, then you get all mad. And, and, and so it's a time of celebration. It's a time of joy. But at Christmas, sometimes, uh, you know, if you don't get that, uh, that expensive gift, then you get a little upset. Um, but isn't it beautiful that we could have that childlike faith that, that God talks about? And, and, and the beautiful picture about that is that uh, perhaps you've noticed it in your, during Christmas time. You may get your kid a beautiful, uh, very expensive let's say, easy bake oven or whatever those things are. I don't know if they still make those today. I may be dating myself. Nintendo. What, what, no, not, no, it's, it's something that comes out of box. What's amazing, it's very expensive, and we have a tendency to get kids what we want rather than what they need. But what I found really humorous was that it was a little while while they were, as our children were growing up that they were playing with the uh, expensive toy. I say expensive toy. Um, anything over $50 is expensive. So, so they would play with that. But then later on that day, if that box was still around, you know, we see, we find them playing with the box. And it's like, man, we could have saved a whole lot of money just getting the box and bring it and say, hey, look at this. Look at the picture that's on the box. And then they crawl on the inside. And they were just happy to, to be able to, to play. And so... Um, so notice this. So we talk about feasting at the table. Uh, this is going to happen uh, this week at Thanksgiving as families gather together. And so what I want to do is I want to talk to you as we look at this is to focus on what a Thanksgiving meal is or actually any full course meal. It has appetizers. It has side dishes. has dessert. Uh, it has... Uh, so when we think about Thanksgiving, oh, my God, it just came back to me. Pumpkin, no, um, sweet potato pie. Oh, my God. Isn't that a ve it's sweet potato vegetable, isn't it? Is that plant-based? You don't know. I'm not talking about a sweet potato pie. I'm trying to argue my case by starting at the foundation of this thing. So we could be vegetarian if we eat sweet potato pie. No, okay. So you've got desserts, you've got side dishes, you've got appetizers. And, but, 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 the, but the main dish during Thanksgiving is usually a turkey. 
and the appetizers, the side dishes, the dessert are all complements of the main dish. So when we come to the table, we recognize the main dish, but then we have accessories that add to the main dish. Notice this. At God's table, the main dish is grace. And so when we, everything else surrounds grace, but at God's table, that main dish is grace. And that's what I want to talk about today because uh, most of the time it's difficult for me to, to comprehend grace. And one of the things I can do is I can give a biblical de definition of grace because I understand it theologically. I could uh, also give an explanation of grace because I understand it intellectually. Uh, I can um, give you an explanation of grace. I can even sing to you, and it'll be a beautiful song, beautiful, beautiful song about amazing grace. But the more I understand who Jesus is, the more I recognize that there's a big difference in intellectualizing grace. There's a big difference in having theological discussion about grace. There's a big difference between that and knowing and experiencing and, and understanding from experience what grace really is. And so this morning, I want to ask you a question. It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer it. But let me ask you this question. Are you more likely to be grateful if you were given less than you deserve? Are you more likely to be, to be grateful if you were, if you work, let's say, 40 hours, but you got half your pay? Are you more likely to be grateful because of that now? Are you, or are you more likely to be grateful because you got more than you deserved. I mean, you worked a full week, but somehow you got a big bonus that you weren't expecting. Will you be more grateful there where you got more than what you deserved or what you were expecting than what getting less than what you deserved or expected? Romans chapter 11, verse 6. I want you to make a note of this particular passage. Romans 11, 6. Come on, champions, let's read that together like we know it is a word of his power. Let's read it together now. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. For if it were grace, would no longer be grace. So it says it like this. And if, gra if it by grace, then it could not be based on, on works. So if you have grace, it's not based on works. But if it was based on works, then it would no longer be grace. And so what, what he's saying is that then grace is getting something good that you did not earn or you do not deserve. It is not something that you work for. It is not something that you have earned. Look, grace is not earned, it's offered. And so he tells us this. And what's interesting is that uh, we grow up. I mean, we, we, when we think about this and we think about grace, and we, we all have, can give a, 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 an explanation of it, um, and generally, but, but truly do we understand what grace is. And because out of human nature, nature, we have grown up and we have grown up and we have gotten raises based on how well we do. We have been promoted because of how well we do. And so we grow up in a world and we are graded by how well we do. Therefore, we have grown up in life where it, our advances has been, have been based on performance. And so when we come to God, one of the things that happen is that our relationship with him 
out of human nature, we want to advance. We want to be financially empowered. We want to uh, uh, have strong relationships. We want to have our debts paid, our, 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 beer, our, our bills paid. We want uh, to uh, be in a place where uh, we are refreshed, we are restored. We want to advance, and we want our tomorrow to be greater than our today. We want that. But somehow, out of human nature, when we come to God, because of that, we, we tend to perform to get what we want rather than just receive what has already been offered. And you can tell that uh, if, you, if you just kind of watch yourself uh, in prayer, uh, if, you're, if you're praying openly or if you're pray, praying in private, there's sometimes that your prayers may become more energized based on how people respond to them. Am I in the Catholic church this morning? Or I'm in a believing church this morning? Okay, see, a lot of people got quiet in here. You know what I'm talking about. And what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And, and, or what happens is that you feel like that you've got to stay there longer. And you've got to like, oh, you've got to just say it a certain way. And and or you feel like you have to do something or if you've done something that's wrong, you feel like you're not worthy of asking God for something. And so as a result of that, we tend to uh, perform for grace. We, we tend to perform in our relationship with God. And it's simply because of out of uh, human nature. When it comes to our relationship with God, we go back to trying to earn what has already been given to us. But if you earn it, it's really not grace. If you work for it, it's really not grace. And so Paul says in Romans, he says that, look, if you have worked for it, if you've earned it, then it's really not grace. And so we want to really understand what grace is because uh, it's important for us to recognize that grace did not start at the cross. Grace started in creation in the beginning of time. It's first mentioned in, in Genesis chapter 6. The Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But grace started before Genesis chapter 6. And uh, what I want to do is I want to give you some examples because keeping keep in mind that grace is you receiving some, being given something good that you did not earn or deserve. That's what grace is. And so in Genesis chapter 1, we, we began to look back at that. It didn't start at the cross. I want you to say that with me because I want you to get that in your heart and your spirit. Would you say this with me? Grace, grace. did not start at the cross. Grace started in the beginning. See, in the beginning, the Bible says God created the heavens. God created the earth. God created the day. He, he, he made the night. He made the animals. God created, uh, and the Bible says later on, that everything that he has said or created was good. So before we were ever uh, showed up on the scene, that grace was already there and ready for us. So what God did is that after he created seed time, after he created harvest, after he created the trees, after he created the chicken that comes before the egg, just so you didn't know that, the chicken comes before the egg. Okay, he created trees that bear fruit or that, that had seed. <laughs> so the seed didn't produce the tree in the beginning. The tree produced the seed. He called the animals, and Adam named the animals. 
chicken before there was an egg. But the chicken would produce an egg <laughs> that would perpetuate what God wanted to have in the earth. So if anybody ever asks you out in the world that the chicken come before the egg, you can boldly say, I'm fully persuaded that it, the chicken came first and then the egg came afterwards. So we recognize then that in the beginning, God created all these wonderful things. They were good, he said. And then he created us. There's this perfect place. There's beauty. There's love there. It's the perfect world. You have all the food that you need. You have everything that you will ever need. It's right there. He created this perfect world. And then guess what? God created man in his own image so that we could relate to the grace that he had already created for us before we ever showed up on the scene. And so he created us, made us in his own image, and, 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 and then we became a living being. Now, the beautiful thing about this is that why did God do this in 2 Corinthians? Why did God create all this stuff? He created it for our pleasure, and he created us for his pleasure. And so pleasure goes all around. And when people are pleased, they're pretty thankful. Now, notice this. 2 Corinthians, I want you to see this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. Why did God do all this? Let's read it together. Now, all this is for your, it's for your what? It's for your what? So when something benefits you, it makes you better than, off than you were. So let's start at the top and let's read it together. Now. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory. Notice this. Grace you receive. Grace you give. And then what does it hap happen? It causes thanksgiving to overflow. Grace you receive. Grace that you give. And as you give grace, grace keeps multiplying around the world and people become more thankful, more thankful, more thankful, more thankful, more thankful. And they recognize it's not human nature to receive something, to give something that, that uh, someone did not deserve. It's not human nature. So it is the glory of God. Because our nature is to perform for what we get, not to just receive what has already been given to us. And so the Bible says it breaks out in thanksgiving. Uh, it breaks out in thanksgiving. So when we look at that, then we recognize that this beautiful picture of grace that God has laid out for us, I, I, he says it like this in John 3 in the Message Bible. He says that God sent his only son not to point an accusing finger telling the world how bad it is, but to put your life back together again. That's grace. He so loved the world, that's grace, that he sent his son, not to tell us how bad we were. So then if Jesus has come and not to tell us how bad we are, but to help put our lives together, how much more should we with the relationships that we're in, with the people that we know, try to point out what's so wrong about their life, but rather help put their life back together again. Why? It's because everyone at some point in their life, no matter whether they know it right now or not, will need grace. Now, Let's take a look at this. This grace was present before uh, man ever showed up on the scene. And we recognize also that uh, when man messed up, God did not back away when sin entered the world. And that's the beautiful picture of grace. It wasn't based on Adam's performance, 
it was based on God just giving him what he did not deserve or did not earn. And so when, when this perfect world was created, all the food, all the beautiful, man, Adam and, 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 and Eve, they had the perfect world. There were they, everything, no one could steal from them because everything belonged to them and they were the only ones. It was a perfect world that uh, they didn't have to worry about their spouse cheating on them because they were the only ones. It was the perfect world because Adam had the most beautiful woman in the world and Eve had the most handsome man in the world. It was perfect. But they became discontented with what God had given to them and they began to look at what, th what they could not do rather than all the things that they could do. And what happened is that Thanksgiving was not there, but they thought God was holding out on them, holding back from them and not giving them the best life that they could have. So notice this. When we look at that, we recognize that when Adam sinned, when Eve and Adam and sin entered the world, God did not pull back from them. What he did is that he gave them an opportunity to have a way of escape so that we could live the life that God always intended in the beginning. God did not pull away from Abram when he sinned. Uh, when he messed up, he offered grace to him. He offered grace to them. Why? Again, so that the life that, uh, that God created for man to live in, that we would have the opportunity for. Because if grace had not been extended, then we would not have access to that grace today. And so what we recognize then is that grace is more relational than it is doctrinal. More relational than doctrine. And I want you to think about the nation of Israel. <clears throat> when they were in Egypt, what happened is that God delivered them from Egypt, and they did not even know his name. He delivered them uh, before he uh, uh, ever gave them what he wanted them to do. They entered into a relationship with him, and when they entered into a relationship with them, he had never told them what he wanted them to do. But when they got into that relationship, he says, this is how I want you to live. And so I want you to see here this morning that grace is not just about how to start a relationship, but grace is about how to maintain the relationship that has been started. And I want to ask you this question. God offers us grace, and he says that we are managers of his grace, but... It's easy for us to receive grace, but difficult for us to extend grace in every situation. You know, when we, when we think we deserve something and we get more, we, 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 we say that that was fair. When we get less, we want justice. But I don't know about you, I don't want justice from God. I want grace from him. And I want you to see this, that we receive grace, but we don't always extend the grace as a manager of God's grace. And I wanted you just to consider this as we go into this week. How do you know if grace is lacking in your life? How do you know if grace is lacking in your relationship? How do you know grace is lacking in your family? How do you know grace is lacking? I want to say this to you to consider. Do you become frustrated over little things that your child does, that your spouse does, that your friends do? You get frustrated over the small things, the little things. Secondly, let me ask you this. Are you tired of trying to change your spouse to no avail? Let me ask you this. Do you, seem to, do you assume the worst of your relationships? And do you jump to negative conclusions? How about this one? Does your family tell you 
that they feel like you're nagging or nitpicking? If you answered yes to any of those in a very transparent and honest way, perhaps feeling a frustration, of hurt, of resentment, has replaced grace. And what you're doing is that your relationships are being based on performance and someone doing what you expect and you're giving to them what you think they deserve rather than giving to them something good. And it's not based on their performance. It's not based on anything that they do. It's simply based on grace.